0: Hello and welcome to the Murder Me Monday podcast, the number one podcast in my cul-de-sac. I would say the number one in my town, but there might be another weird little ape man doing quite well in his treehouse. There's some technical fuckery going on in today's episode. To be quick, we record the podcast on 48kHz. Turns out if you set the track to 48 K and record it in 44, the sound profile grows all gimpy and will distort the voice. I know I sound weird at the best of times, but not like this. Look, just listen. Fucking single-glazed windows.
1: You can't change the windows without the local authorities' approval because you can't even change the colour of your front door with a lot of these things.
0: I've got pneumonia. It's cold as fuck. So we had to re-record this segment because, honestly, it sounds like I should be on some kind of offenders list. That means I can't be within 200 feet of a zoo or a coffee shop. We also had some more chat at the end, which is slightly longer than usual, hence the longer runtime. I bring this up at the start, but I got some weird-ass looks from Mother, so we kind of didn't do it. Anyway, enjoy. Peace out. So the feedback from people is that they quite like your intro. So if you'd like to do it, by all means. Okay, before I
1: start, I would like to assure everyone, especially Cameron, that no animals were harmed, that I'm aware of, in the following case.
0: That gets brought up because in at least half of the cases so far, a dog has died.
1: On the 10th of February, 2019, a fisherman who had gone off the normal beaten track into some private land, looking for a new fishing spot, came across an annoying sight someone had dumped a large pile of rags or they'd been swept downstream on the river his in Hitchin, in hertfordshire wading out to move the debris to the bank the fisherman quickly realized it wasn't random rubbish it also wasn't a mannequin What well, the fisherman had found sunk in the deep mud up to its thighs and bent over at the waist so the upper torso was level with the mud, was the badly decomposed, some say skeletal, body of a man who had been reported missing some eight months earlier. The land where the body was found belonged to the missing man's estranged wife. This is the murder of William Taylor, and this is Murder Me on Monday.
0: so one thing that i've noticed is what we tend to do is we tend to well what you tend to do is kind of go ham at the start of a podcast you kind of go hello welcome to the podcast 900 people died Um you want to be like eased in slightly you want to be like okay set the mood create the narrative you start talking about the case not hello welcome death so i'm not saying we should have a an introductory talking bit because that might be like unnatural do you know what i mean yeah,
1: but I also know it's irritating when people waffle on for twenty minutes, half an hour.
0: Yeah, I know, but that's almost the length of our podcast, and that's not what I'm saying. It's like we should just actually kind of talk, so people when they're listening, play the podcast, they put their coat on, and it's just immediate. The end. That's just I know it's because you're like, oh my god, let's just start recording, because then I can start talking, and I forget we're being recorded, so I don't panic.
1: We haven't discussed this one. Well, this is i would sort of written it into this one. This is another localish one for us. And we also. We're going to
0: do enough of these to the point where we're not going to specifically say the town we're in, but it's going to be all the towns around it, and someone's going to go, it's there, it's them.
1: Um, maybe. We get to revisit St Albans Crown Court in this one as well. which And there's another link to one of our previous episodes, which I found quite interesting, which we'll get to in the, the autopsy at the end. Now, the place where this case unfolded is a small hamlet called Gosmore, which is to the south of Hitchin in Hertfordshire. And has been partially designated as a conservation area with a number of listed buildings. I watched the documentary Killer in My Village, which was broadcast on sky crime in the UK. But I also remember reading and watching the news closely on this at the time. The documentary refers to Gosmore as Gosmore, but I'm not convinced unless they check that out with local inhabitants.
0: Worcestershire.
1: Yeah, it's one of those. William Taylor known as bill was a very wealthy farm owner his parents had started the farming life back in the 1960s when land was cheap and he inherited it from them so it's not surprising that he managed to build this large estate with subsequent land and farm acquisitions bill taylor had been married previously to a lady called grace Now, I assume there was a divorce as she died in 2016, a couple of years before this case actually took place. And they'd had a son, Richard, from that relationship, who was born around 1974. And it said that Richard had not seen his mother since 1985 and lived with his father. What the background to all of that is, there's nothing.
0: Am I going to get confused again? Because there's 18 different people... No. I know, okay, a bit of background information. I have a separate monitor with all these names on them. And I ain't been funny, but it's like, guess who? There's so many names. I'm, I'm, I can see it and I'm confused. Right. In
1: 1997, Bill married a woman called Angela. Right. right, I've got that. Who also had a son called Gavin Foles from a previous relationship. Bill and Angela then went on to have two more sons and a daughter together. Sons were million, William and Michael, no idea on the daughter. Now, I've given their names because they've been allowed them to be pro- published in the documentary. So well, I don't feel I'm breaching anybody's... Well, I,
0: I, there's a difference between, like, breaching sort of... No, I don't say privacy. You also have to think you can't call them son one and son two. Yeah. Because like, that doesn't work. Because then if everyone is just called, like, an arbitrary A, B, C, D in your head, you are like, who the fuck, when, what? hello?
1: Yeah. Well, Michael was actually on the documentary. He was actually speaking. So, yeah, for definite. Angela Taylor... Her twice initiated divorce proceedings in 2014 and in 2018, but her husband, Bill, had refused both times to cooperate. In July 2017, she met someone new and started a relationship with him, which is probably why she started the divorce proceedings again in 2018. Bill went missing at the age of almost 70, literally a few days shy of his birthday on the 11th of June 2018. His wealth was estimated to be worth in the region of some 10 plus million pounds. I've even seen tens of millions of pounds. Is, I
0: assume his wealth isn't strictly from farming. Or would it be from selling farmland?
1: I, uh, my guess, and it is purely a guess, would be the whole estate. Everything, the land, the farming, the whole because
0: I've I have read, at least, where people are saying that their grandparents owned a farm and they bought it for few hundred thousand dollars back then and sold it for eight million now Mm. because farmers just need land and want land so they just just try to buy it from these like farmhouses that aren't running a farm
1: Mm. but it that kind of leads into the fact that the house he lived in which was called harkness hall has been quoted some 1.5 million pounds remember back to the helen bailey case cameron
0: specifically me yeah no one else
1: no one else just you not a listener yeah if they've if seen anything on Instagram, <laughs> they'll, they'll know these pictures.
0: Was that a plug to followers on Instagram? Because <laughs> it ha- should have been.
1: The house.
0: I'm showing oh, that, that, that's a bit more subdued.
1: I'm showing Cameron a picture of the house at the moment. It's not what one would call impressive.
0: I mean, you say that, but it makes it sound like ah, it's not a very nice house. I mean, it is a perfectly fine house, but it's...
1: But to be called a hall, you expect something much grander. Yeah,
0: at Harkness Hall. Is it, is, how many pictures are there? Just the one. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it just looks like you have a standard house, but then add another sort of Twenty-five percent of it to one side, and it's got a conservatory. It has two chimneys.
1: It's an old house. They would often. I mean, have it's
0: quite nice. They've got they've got some pretty fat boy trees outside, mm. but I wouldn't describe it as a hall. No, and it's it, just a. It just looks like a house.
1: Yeah, it's it's a large, four or five bedroom house by the looks of it, but it's not. You wouldn't a hall to me is something grand, but with the cost of the houses in the region, I'm not really surprised it was quoted as being one and a half million pounds. But that could include some of the farm, maybe, and some of the farmland. Bill was last seen by his grandson I'm going to say Ben I'll give you a name I think that's on the list
0: yes Richard's son
1: yes on that's the son that he had with his first wife so it was his grandson Ben on the evening of the 3rd of June 2018
0: yeah going back to the third podcast that had people that had such similar names there were two people that were that began with R. There was, two, there was a Daniel and a Danny and everyone shared the same surname, basically. With this son, you have William. who's William Taylor, otherwise known as Bill, he's going to be called. And then the son, William and Michael.
1: No, yeah, his son. Yeah, yeah.
0: and then yeah. you've also got uh, Richard.
1: Mm-hmm. Don't list the
0: rest of them. because I ain't going to list the rest of them because that's a spoiler, but I'm looking at it now and I'm like, oh my God, there's too many people.
1: <laughs> so he'd last been seen by Ben on the evening of the 3rd of June 2018. Ben had taken over a roast dinner for him. Now, Bill had a lodger a chap called Richard Lush, Um, and he was the person... That's a
0: different Richard. Yeah. See?
1: Yeah. He'd reported Bill missing the following day when he realised he hadn't seen him for at least 24 hours. Bill hadn't slept in his bed, couldn't be found anywhere on the farm, and no-one had heard from Bill. Now, an odd side note, for whatever reason... Bill only had a landline to the house. He couldn't deal with mobiles. It's not uncommon with old, the older generation. And the landline had been cut off a week or two earlier. Bill had no way of contacting anyone should he have had an accident whilst out on the farm or he was taken ill at the hall either. Now that bothered me. I, I think if he'd have been my relative I'd have said, look, here's a you know brick of a phone my number's in it press one if you need me well
0: you also don't know his condition 70 year old doesn't mean what people think of 70 year old like like he could still like especially if he's well, he was still working the bloody farm i say if he's from Farmstock, stock he's picking up cows and stuff yeah so
1: yeah but you'd still he as might a be relative
0: just age alone
1: yeah but as a relative you would be i personally would be worried if somebody was going out i mean what do you do take the dog for a walk Have you got your phone
0: yeah, because I know what you're like.
1: Well, yeah, but equally... He,
0: You'll fall over, and we both know what happens when you fall over. Yeah, I know. But
1: he's a farmer. He could easily topple the tractor, theoretically, couldn't he? You've heard of, you know, yeah, people yeah. doing that, going into a ditch. I would be worried, personally, but there we go. Yes, yeah, true. So, as I say, the lodger reported Bill missing, and the police took this report seriously, and immediately starting searching for Bill, as they were worried. Now, they couldn't say why they were worried.
0: That thing about, oh, they've not been missing 48 hours, so you can't... That's a fallacy. It's it's completely not true. Yeah. It's dependent upon the person as well. Yeah. yeah. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Now, the reason why they were worried, but they couldn't actually let on to the press and to anyone outside the family or such like that didn't actually know, Bill had actually reported an arson attack on his Land Rover defender, TD590, apparently, On Saturday the 25th of May, which had completely burnt out in a fire in a barn. Bill had told his lodger, Richard Lush, that he thought his son, by Angela, Michael, had done this. Michael denied it. Police were wondering, did somebody have it in for Bill?
0: Okay, so the lodger thinks that Bill's son... No,
1: Bill told his lodger that that Bill thought his son with Angela, called Michael, could have done this. But Michael denied it okay yeah no <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that hopefully the listeners are following this as i said the police started searching for bill with the initial search obviously in and around the farm and bill's land and that alone took in excess of eight weeks somewhere between eight and ten weeks just to search bill's own farmland and they actually had volunteers out and such like and it's um reported that police and volunteer resources from as far away as Merseyside and Devon and Cornwall were actually part of that looking for Bill. Right. So, eight to ten weeks down the line, there's no sign of him, OK? But, but, one of Bill's grandsons, I don't know which one, found... He's got a, a lot of them, apparently. Okay, anyway, he's got three, yeah. Found a link from a bracelet that Bill was known to have always worn near one of the farm outbuildings. This bracelet was described in various sources as an anti arthritis one, but I've only ever seen the copper bangles, so I'm not sure what it was.
0: Okay, do they work? Because it's like. I don't know, I don't have arthritis, you cheeky shit. That wasn't the assumption. Well, I. I. Way to to project because that wasn't the assumption. No, because I know they. You you see those things that are on adverts at like three in the morning where it's like, oh, wear this magnetic bracelet and it will change your rhythm for the universe. You'll resonate. Even even if it obviously doesn't work.
1: Even if it's a placebo effect, then it can be actually argued to have worked. So, but Bill was always known to have worn it. And this link apparently was quite distinctive and it was found near these farm out buildings. So. The police began to have suspicions about some of the family early on. Some of the family were constantly contacting the police, asking for updates or any information. So this could have been avoided by getting him a phone? Um, Possibly. I doubt it. But others were silent. Now, it's not unusual for someone to be in shock and perhaps keep out of the way. And just, you know, getting to mentality, I probably would, which is let the police do their job and they will let us know when they know something. That would probably be my default. But the police were a little bit suspicious. But when the two people were overheard talking about Bill in the past tense... The police took a really close look at them and they found their accounts of their movements around the time of Bill's disappearance to be, and I'm quoting, wishy-washy. And so police got warrants.
0: I've noticed myself when I'm, when I'm editing this that it always sounds like I'm on the side of the murderer. Because I always try to give them the benefit of the doubt. I might be like, oh, well, you don't know. But if someone, um, how long had been missing by this point when they had said um, that it was wishy-washy or the police heard them talking about them in the past Somewhere test?
1: between the eight and ten week mark.
0: If someone has gone missing between the 8 and 10 week mark, in my head, I'm going to assume that something bad has happened, otherwise mm-hmm. I would have found them already. So I would probably refer to them in the past yeah. tense. Yeah, But again, I'm not siding with the baddie, OK? But, but
1: the point the point is, it wasn't only the fact that they were talking about him in the past tense, and I don't know how soon that had happened, but you would expect somebody to be talking about him in the present tense for a good few weeks until you get into yourself, well, he's nearly 70, he's, he's probably not coming back. Um, yeah. He hasn't packed his bags and gone off to Tahiti with a, a lovely young lady that he's met down the local pub in a little place called Gosmore, has he?
0: That sounded very specific.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's the way my brain works. So somehow or another, they've got warrants and it's not easy just to get a warrant. So they must have had other discrepancies in their accounts enough to persuade a judge to sign off for the search warrant for their mobile phones. OK, now Bill went missing in the June. On the 19th of September, police arrested four people in relation to this case. A woman aged 52, a man aged 53, a man aged 22 and a man aged 18. All on suspicion of arson and conspiracy to commit murder. Bill's wife, Angela, was the woman and their two sons, the 18 and 22 year old, were all released on bail. But who was the other male? Then, on the 30th of November 2018, all four, previously mentioned, were arrested on conspiracy to murder.
0: Oh, so, the, the, okay. Yeah. They got let go. Psych! Yeah.
1: <laughs> With the two younger ones being released on bail and the two older ones to appear in court the next day. Angela Taylor and a Paul Cannon. Things went very quiet for months.
0: Oh, oh it's, the, it's the third act. You've introduced a new character, Paul Cannon. Yeah, I've heard of the I've heard of that name before. It's a very,
1: it's not an unusual name, to be fair.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. So as I said, they went very quiet for months, and then on the twenty ninth of January two thousand and nineteen, a fifth fifth the 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 person, person number five, <laughs> from Kent, was arrested on conspiracy to murder charges in relation to the disappearance of Bill. The police were ready to take this case to court against all five defendants. Until that fateful Sunday afternoon a few weeks earlier, when that poor fisherman mentioned in our introduction found Bill's body on the 10th of February 2019, which turned the investigation on its head until November 2019, when three people appeared at St Albans Crown Court charged with the murder of William Taylor.
0: So this is like 14 months after the event, right? Mm hmm. Ish, Mm -hmm. give or take. That that sounds like a pretty fast turnaround. Yeah,
1: it is. But they were, in the January, they were ready to go with five people. Yeah, he went missing in June
0: 2018 and he was found dead in February 2019. Yeah, but in
1: January, the police were ready to go against five people. Bill's body being found made them go, whoops, brakes on, let's have another look. And yeah. yeah. So the three people that appeared in St. Albans Crown Court, they were Angela Taylor, Paul Timothy Cannon, and Gwyn Griffiths. Turns out Paul Cannon was well known to Bill and Angela. He was a local. And after splitting with his wife in 2017, he lived rent-free at Bill's house until January 2018.
0: <laughs> Sorry. I just, even though I've looked at this thing before where it has the information of some people, it, is, it says bad guys. <laughs> bad guys, Angela Taylor and Paul Cannon.
1: <laughs> so, Paul Cannon... Well, Paul Cannon was an odd character. He is said to have been a labourer, doing odd jobs and helping out on farms, etc. Yet he was a company director of a company called MPG Landcraft Limited, which was based in Kent. And they seemed to specialise in digging equipment and land earth moving stuff. And whose other director lived in Kent? Now hold that thought. Angela and Paul Taylor? no. Angela and Paul Cannon (laughs) appear to have started a relationship in July 2017.
0: Angela is his second wife?
1: Yes. Timings are a bit iffy, as they only come from them. But it appears that they started this relationship well before Paul moved into Harkness Hall, where Bill was letting him basically lived as a lodger, but completely rent-free. Seems to be that Bill used to let people come and stay with him. I think he was a very... We'll get into it in the auto- autopsy, but I think he was a very lonely man. And if anybody... It's
0: not like 18 grandkids, it be fine. <laughs>
1: but they all lived with different people. Yeah. Yeah? So they started this relationship in 2017, July. Paul Cannon moved into the call in October of 2017.
0: So, wait, so Bill didn't find a new partner after no. he divorced angela
1: he didn't divorce her he wouldn't give her a divorce and i'll get on to that he wouldn't give her a divorce he was he was in love with her he was totally devoted to her and he would have done anything to keep her angela herself said in the court papers that i've read that she was still having a physical relationship with bill up until 2016 but she said she started a this relationship with paul taylor no no paul cannon in the July of 2017, but he moved into the hall with Bill on October 2017. Now, Bill couldn't have known. Now, remember the police got warrants and seized the phones? They were Angela Taylor and Paul Cannon's phones that the police seized. And looking through them, the police soon realised that there were gaps in the texts and messages on the phones between February and June 2018. Remember, June 2018 is when Bill went missing. So the police went digging further.
0: I know that's when it went missing because it says there on my screen. Yeah.
1: Yep. Like a lot of people, Angela and Paul used end-to-end encrypted apps thinking they were secure. No one could access them right.
0: All that means is WhatsApp.
1: Yeah, but I wasn't going to use the name. But anyway, you've used it. Right. They went as far as deleting messages. So if anyone could eventually get into the app, say, oh, with a warrant, they couldn't tell what had been said. In theory, yes. But what these two geniuses didn't do was delete the deleted deleted text off the memory of the phone. So the police were able to retrieve these messages from the memory of the phone, phones, and they painted a pretty damning picture. Took a while, though there were 28,000 deleted messages to go through from a four-month
0: period. That's a lot. That's a ridiculous amount of messages. Yeah. I've had Snapchat for, like, six years, and I've I've only sent 20-odd thousand messages. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Bill Taylor's eldest son, Richard, actually told the court that his father and stepmother were living separately, but his father still refused her request for divorce. Quoting Richard he said that his father said she had made, he, she had made him suffer for 20 Can I try that again my father said she had made him suffer for 20 years so he was going to make her suffer for 5 now, why 5 that's not part of our divorce thing so i don't know why 5 years but anyway subsequent to the separation there was a, what's called, been called a post-nuptial agreement. So it was a deed of separation that was signed up. Bill Taylor and his son Richard took out a £1 million loan so Angela Taylor could acquire debt-free mill farm and dog kennel farm near Hitchin. Why she'd want two farms, I don't know, but she did. The relationship between Bill and Richard was somewhat strained partly because Angela had still had access to the joint business account for the farm. Now, the history behind the strained relationship was that at a pheasant shoot in November 2015, the police were called after a row between Bill and one of his granddaughters, which was Richard's daughter, in front of about 40 guests. It led to Richard having no contact with Bill for two and a half years. Right, so I'm going off on a tangent here. Pheasants... These are not to be confused with grouse, which the landed gentry go shooting. It's known as Glorious 12th, which is the 12th of August. And it's the start of the shooting season and they're wild birds in the UK.
0: Basically like a fuck-off chicken, basically. Well, yeah,
1: I've actually got that written down. About the size of a chicken, but really long tail feathers. Beautifully coloured, but they're stupid. They are absolutely stupid birds.
0: Especially in the UK, you tend to find them just dead on the side of the road because they've just wandered in front of the car.
1: Why did I even write the script? Because you just pinched everything.
0: I know, I'm talking now. We've... Uh, walking our dog, Clyde. He he heard a rustle in the, some bushes. Charged the bush and a and a this massive, like it was like an ostrich. This ostrich-looking pheasant. It thing. wasn't
1: the size of a chicken then.
0: No, this thing was a big bastard. And it and it flew away and Clyde just. What
1: about a foot over the top of his head? Yeah, and, and he didn't even notice it, did he?
0: Well, no, it was like, "What was that?" <laughs> <laughs> was like, I was expecting a squirrel, not a T Rex thing to come out of the. But it bush.
1: only it only went about thirty foot.
0: Yeah, that fast. Yeah, and, and it just landed
1: in the grass and toddled off, didn't it? So Angela Taylor used the falling out as a reason to leave the home, Harkness Hall, saying that the atmosphere was stressful and she moved to this mill farm. Now Angela Taylor describes her marriage to Bill as very difficult and she said a lot of the problems were to do with his son Richard from his first marriage. She said that the post-nuptial agreement was put in place and she told the jury, I don't want a divorce. He didn't want a divorce. So why the post-nuptial why i can understand the moving out
0: i think because it's they don't necessarily want to divorce from each other but if one of them were to engage in anything like specifically financial a post-nuptial thing would make either one not liable for the other potentially i don't know maybe i'm not understanding the
1: i didn't see the terms of it but say she got given these two farms which they'd taken bill and his son richard the first richard was taken out a loan for a million quid and they also gave her £10,000 for renovation works to Mill Farm. Now, after leaving Harkness Hall, she said she continued to have contact with her husband and would often take meals to Harkness Hall and sit and eat meals with Bill. She said she even tried to persuade Bill to move in with her and the children, but he wouldn't leave Harkness Hall. Now, Richard Taylor, Bill's son, was also a farmer, but he also ran a local coach and minibus hire business it, they they catered for sports clubs school transports etc and he gave evidence to the jury behind a screen and that puzzled me because normally if you go behind a screen you're either scared
0: behind a screen how do you mean
1: he gave evidence he was in the, the witness box giving evidence to the judge the jury but he was behind a screen so he couldn't see angela taylor and paul cannon and they couldn't see him why yeah exactly
0: I'll so, pick, I'm picturing like a shower curtain around.
1: No, it's not. But he told the jury that the money that he had put into the joint company bank account had been stolen by Angela Taylor, but there's nothing further on that. But it was alleged that Angela Taylor was still accessing the accounts, but she referred to Richard Taylor, Bill's son, as being greedy. And she is alleged to have said, I can get rid of the Taylors anytime, whenever I want I will get somebody in Yorkshire to do sort it out. Why someone from Yorkshire, I don't know, because there is no link to Yorkshire anywhere in this. But anyway, in April of 2018, so again, a couple of months before Bill goes missing, Richard said that Bill came to find him when he was walking on his dogs with his daughter on the farm. Apparently, he was very, very down. He was very, very sad. And he seemed like a, a very low ebb. As I say, I, I think he was a, a lonely old man. And Bill would visit the coach offices of Richard every single day, like for company. Yeah. Just go and see him. The autopsy couldn't give a conclusive method of death, but the pathologist surmised it was asphyxiation. The pathologist also ruled out suicide and said there was no illness or disease that Bill was suffering from tests showed that Bill's body had been placed in the water source when he was already dead so I'm guessing there was no none of the water diadems in his lungs or anything like that but it's say he was apparently almost skeletal by that time so now the police initially thought that Bill had wandered off sad lonely and miserable and maybe committed suicide or gotten drunk and fallen in and drowned I'll tell you what they think he got drunk on later Police actually found the rest of Bill's bracelet. Remember the links found near the outbuildings? They found the rest of the bracelet at the site where his remains were found, which led them to think he had been attacked at the farm and the body was taken to that pond as a, or, or river as a disposal site. A lot has been said, if you do know anything about the case, about a 4x4, four four, I think it was a Jiminy, but it might have been a Suzuki Vitara, that Canon owned, that suddenly vanished after Bill's disappearance. Somehow this vehicle ended up in Bulgaria. What? Yeah, I can guess, but I probably shouldn't. There's been some allegations about Paul Cannon's background, and he possibly would have known some less than desirable people that could have easily had this whipped away. The police did manage to get it back from Bulgaria, but the forensics couldn't find a thing that would help the case. But talking of the 4x4, remember Bill's Landy that was burnt out? Yep. Well, Angel wasn't living with Bill at the time. None of the children were. Just the lodger, Richard Lush. Police managed to connect DNA that was on a towel that was wrapped around the steering wheel like a wick, maybe. Right, there you go. I'm showing you the picture. See? Why is there a...
0: So it's a burnt out car, but there's an intact towel wrapped around the uh, steering and column.
1: And one that looks like it's been singed, but... Yeah. The I mean,
0: the, the roof of this car is melted inside. So
1: I, I'm thinking it was like, a, they used it like a wick. They found DNA on that towel. It matched the profile of Paul Cannon and also Gavin Fools, the adult son of Angela Taylor from her first relationship before she met Bill, who was living with her at the time at Mill Farm. Neither of their DNA should have been on that towel wrapped around Bill's Land Rover.
0: I, mean, I don't know why it wasn't on fire, looking at that picture.
1: Now, let's turn to that third person that we mentioned that was in the dock. Gwyn Griffiths. He was 62, 60 years old. Oh, it's a bloke. Yep.
0: I thought, a, I thought it was a woman. My bad.
1: And he comes from Kent. And he said that he was absolutely not there, got nothing to do with it, because he was at a wedding in June when Bill went missing. He was asked by the QC which of the prosecution, did you murder Bill Taylor? Out and out asked him and he said no. He'd never been part of any agreement to murder the farmer. When asked where he was between the 3rd and 4th of June, Griffiths said that he'd been at his partner's son's wedding 14 miles away in Welling Garden City. And he says, he was asked again, are you 100% sure you were there? No, I couldn't have been. I was too drunk to drive. He was asked, did he know anything about Bill Taylor? and he said he had met him several times, having worked on a wood burner on his farm, and he seemed like a very fair man. Mr Griffiths said Mr Cannon had asked him how much would it cost to get rid of someone, but he'd not taken Paul Cannon seriously. Apparently, when visiting his mother in South Wales, Griffiths asked people in a pub uh, how much it would cost to get rid of someone and sums between 500 to 50,000 pounds were suggested
0: uh, they're just arbitrary figures
1: yeah and he he said he didn't know it he knew nothing about it but he knew bill as well why was somebody that lives in kent but his partner's child was getting married in Wellingarden city which is again a good half an hour or more by road from gosmore go up there, there's some kind of a connection there i was Why would he come up to look at a wood burner from Kent? Why would he come up to look at Bill's wood burner? I bet he was scoping out for Paul Cannon. Yeah, possibly. Yeah? Angela Taylor and Paul Cannon denied everything. They blamed Bill's son, Richard, and said he was after a £40,000 life insurance policy. Now, that's a drop in the ocean to these people. Why would, they, why would he kill his dad for £40,000?
0: Well, you say it's a drop in the ocean, but it depends on how much money is tied up into actual land assets versus flu, uh, like liquid currency, whatever it's called.
1: Yeah, yeah, liquid assets. But, yeah, I'm, tired. I'm, I'm not buying that one. On Monday, the 4th of November, the judge at the trial directed the jury to clear Griffiths, I'm guessing due to lack of evidence... Paul Cannon and Angela Taylor were convicted of Mercer murder and arson. There'd been a conspiracy to murder charge in there as well, but Griffiths was found not guilty on that one too. A pair of them were jailed for 22 years minus the 343 days already spent in custody, meaning they will spend a minimum of 21 years and 22 days in jail before they can be considered for parole. They were also sentenced to two years for arson and these will be served concurrently, so at the same time, not added on. The judge actually said, There is no reason to distinguish between the defendants and acknowledged whilst Taylor was probably not involved in the physical killing, she was the driving force behind it. He added... If and when they are released, they will be subject to licence for life. They will, all if they do anything wrong, anything apart from like a parking ticket, they'll be hooked back inside. Onto the case autopsy.
0: Haven't we kind of smushed them together this time? Because there's been a few segues.
1: Maybe, but the story didn't flow properly, and I, I want to use the case autopsy to pull out the what the hell moments. Yeah. Yeah,
0: So, so. But, more important, most importantly, you mentioned at some point that he was out walking the dogs. What happened to the dogs? They
1: were Richard's dogs, and I'm assuming Richard still got them. As far as I'm aware, they were not integral to the case. Gosmore. I know you were going to ask me this one. I can't find any information about it. It's a small, it's a hamlet.
0: I wasn't going to ask about that because I forgot what the word Gosmore meant, or what that was. <laughs>
1: A hamlet is smaller than a village, and according to wonderful Wikipedia, it may be incorporated into a church parish. But overall, I don't know, maybe a couple of hundred people only? Now... The fisherman—I'm not going to actually use his name because I've only found his name one place—and again, it's not his story.
0: Oh, he can be named. It's not like he—it's not like he fished him up literally on the end of a line.
1: Yeah, I suppose he could be dying out.
0: And he didn't do anything wrong, anyway. No, he
1: didn't do anything wrong, but he probably could be dining out on this for the rest of his life. But on the other hand, it might still give him the heebie-jeebies because it would me be fine. finding that like, to the, thinking. Uh, oh yeah, the,
0: yeah I, I'm picturing a body that's halfway up to its waist. But he thought it was—he.
1: We've all seen it when we've walked along a river. You see a pile of rags. It's like the one trainer that you see on the motorway when you drive home at three o'clock in the morning. You always think, where's the other one? Um,
0: that's usually like a kid that's taken its shoe off and just chucked it out the window. Well, no, these are
1: adult size ones, but anyway. <laughs> and, then,
0: and, then you, and then at the end of it, said, like, where's your shoe? It fell out. What do you mean it fell out? <laughs>
1: yeah. Right, so going on, the, the, where he found him, I'm showing Cameron a picture now, that to me
0: looks more like a pond. He was fishing in that?
1: No, he was he was off.
0: OK. He was off,
1: and he, he was on private land. He may or may not have known that because it's quite possible... That There were no signs saying you are now entering private land. And I did, I did also did some research into um, the, I thought it wasn't fishing season, he wasn't allowed to, but apparently it's way more complicated than I realized. Um, so he wasn't so doing
0: anything wrong. These pictures would get put up on the Instagram when you said he was a fisherman. I thought he was fishing in, in this thing, and he then you know, found him. So he found him yep. up to his waist and that like, Bent over. yeah, that's more like a big puddle than it yeah. is to be like a, it, a river or a pond. I'm just
1: thinking it's, it's been fed and it you could have ended, because I've seen it where you've got like a, it's like a bowl cut out and then yeah. it, it, you know, and then it feeds back on. And especially when the rivers, when it's wet in winter. Yeah. I mean, we've got it at the moment where rivers are overflowing left, right and, and centre and we've got floodplains that are luckily doing what they're supposed to do. The initial detective chief inspector on the case was a DCI Wheatley. Another link to our first episode, she was the one who initially handled Helen Bailey's case, which was interesting. It got handed off to somebody much more senior yeah. later on. But The police also found some strange things near Bill's body. They found a bottle of Bailey's, which is why they thought he may have gotten drunk on it. I've been plastered on Bailey's, but it's not most people's first choice. It's a bit sickly after a while. A ceramic teacup from the house, Harkness Hall. Now, if you're going to go off and get blotted, would you take a ceramic teacup? No, you hell, you wouldn't. Depends on pissed you are. Yeah, true. They found a rope and a plastic bag or a casing which seemed to have some link to a, a clinic that Bill attended, which was for tinnitus, which is the, the ringing yeah, in the ears. Yeah, I have that. But they also found a half-eaten corn on the cob. <laughs> and I've sat there thinking what's that got to do with anything what why this is in all the reports bill went missing in june this is in february a half eaten and corn on the cob would it have would it have floated down the river
0: it, the, yeah, because you're saying if he's found all of these things, and you found these like,
1: but it, it's 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 vegetable matter. Would it have not decomposed?
0: Well, yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. If there's there's if there's like superfluous stuff around his body,
1: yeah. But the, the fact that they found this half eaten corn on the cob is constantly was it half
0: eaten corn on the cob or yeah. half a corn on the cob?
1: No, half eaten. And I'd have been immediately. Is there
0: a KFC nearby? Because yes. they because they do corn on the cob.
1: Yeah, it was. exactly. Somebody could have hurled it over it. Exactly. But, so it just seemed really weird. It made no sense why that that was constantly brought up. Now, Paul Cannon's defence QC, I'm quoting again here, has suggested that the teacup and other items indicated Mr Taylor may have gone to that spot like a picnic almost and got stuck in the
0: mud by himself. Okay, if you see that picture, that is not the place you go to a picnic for.
1: In June?
0: No. No. Well, that's okay. Actually, if it's in June, it'll be a nicer time. June's usually quite a... It's a summer month. It's a good month. But you walk past a puddle like that and you think there's condoms in there. You, or there's, like, shopping trolleys. <laughs> yeah. You, you don't think I'm going to have a... You'll get tetanus. You don't think I'm going to sit down there and have a cup of tea or a shot of Baileys, apparently.
1: Yeah, Baileys in a... No, I'm sorry. that, that the, the, the QC, the Defence QC, said that is the rather banal answer to this case. I'm calling bullshit on that one. Sorry. So, Paul Cannon, rent-free at bills after splitting with his wife. Was that because Angela somehow, oh Bill, will you take my friend in, he's got nowhere to live, you don't need the money, it'll be company for you, so we could keep an eye on him?
0: Well, yeah, but if, again, it could be, again, almost like a case in the place, because if he's the one that's think- that's thinking about killing him. Don't disagree. It's, again, we're, we're all speculating so, here, we just don't know. Was it said how he was killed? I know they said about the strangulation thing. Or asphyxiation is it? They, says.
1: they couldn't tell. The autopsy couldn't tell, but they, they absolutely ruled out that he drowned.
0: Yeah, because there would have water in his lungs or whatever. there were,
1: there would have been some yeah something that would they would have been able to find. And why would he have been there? You know, there was there was too much and I'll get to why the evidence was overwhelming. These twenty eight thousand texts, yeah? The texts are graphic. And they show violent thoughts. Now, we've all had them, but the police were able to convince the jury that they showed intent rather than just venting, which is what the defence was actually claiming. Now, I'm going to show you some pictures of the texts. Now, these are an approximation created by a newspaper. I won't put these out on Instagram because these are not obviously not genuine actual texts. Yeah, yeah. But they're using the language that was actually given to the court.
0: No, 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 older women, such comments, first
1: they please. were some of the milder ones I'm say i not going to go into they were graphic they were really sexually explicit, really sexually explicit talking about um, having sex in Bill's blood and mm. things like that, it was, it, it was gruesome she, Angela claimed at trial that she deleted a load of these messages because she didn't want her daughter getting hold of her phone and reading it, The daughter was an adult why would a daughter, do, you, you don't do that you respect other people's privacy and what they made her do, which I, I think is they actually... They made Angela do? Yeah, what, what, yeah. The, what the prosecution made Angela do. I mean, she could have refused, I guess, but it wouldn't have been good for her case. Not that it was anyway. But they made her read out a load of these texts to the court. And she was apparently absolutely mortified. But
0: yeah, but I think that's to do that. Because if, if you didn't write those, I think you would have a disconnect and you probably could just read them out it's just a text. Mm. But if it's if, so, it, if it's something you've sent... That could be... So one of them was, it said, um, watching Kill Bill 2, and the reply was, one would be enough. Oh Only funny, but that's quite, that's a decent yeah, joke. Yeah. That's a decent joke, again, yeah. because as everything, context matters, but, that's a joke.
1: But that's one of the few ones that I could actually show you, because the language was so explicit it was it was sorry my stomach's actually rumbling away there 19 to the dozen and I wasn't sure they might pick that one up um so the documentary was a bit weird on the dates of the marriage you know me I'm can be a bit hang on a minute that wasn't right so I rewound it you want to, to say a again. word
0: there that I was going to cut out weren't you yeah
1: yeah yep. yeah I went to the court transcripts in the documentary they said 25 years they'd been married at one point and then 17 years at another but the court transcripts say 20. The lodger
0: we did they it. consider the 25 years from a point where they had like separated but not officially divorced
1: I don't know and it wasn't clear in the documentary that's what I'm saying these these figures I I immediately picked up these figures didn't add up so when I went researching it was something I specifically yeah. looked up because again details like that bugged me when we did our introduction which was actually I'd never expected that to get downloaded as much as it did it was primarily created to trigger all the feeds so the podcast host would would push out and we said in that introduction that the reason why I wanted to do a podcast like this was because when I watched documentaries like that and I noticed discrepancies, I want to know what the actual truth as much as I, I can find out is. Yeah. And that's why I like going down all these weird holes to find all the court papers and that. Going back to this lodger, Richard Lush, he was on the documentary. Poor fella. He was oh, he was crying. He, he, he obviously really cared about Bill as a friend. Mm. And he seemed... How did they get...
0: To know each other how did they meet well, each other there, they
1: all lived in the hamlet bill had lived there oh, his yeah, yeah. entire life like, you know there's, yeah. there's a couple of hundred people you you do in these small places it's not like living in a large conurbation where you you know you could live next door to 20, somebody for 20 years and never find out their first name he seems to have moved in to take care of bill almost because bill was so lonely and he said everybody cooked for bill so i'm guessing that you know lots of people would toddler oh we made too much of this here you go bill yeah but Richard wasn't living there when that landy burnt out. If rich, if somebody had known that Richard was there, living there, it wasn't just Bill on his own. You think, mm, perhaps we won't do burn the landy out because we might get caught because there's more people about to hear us see yeah. us. But they knew that Richard wasn't living
0: there at that time. Well, no, is that like correlation causation? Because it's it could just be happenstance that he wasn't there.
1: Yeah. It, well, yeah, he, he didn't live there, so. Going back to those text messages, I found a, a one particular place where this was referenced and it said, darling, going to be about 20, I'll go halves with you. And that was from Paul Cannon to Angela. Again, these people are not poor by any, well, Angela isn't. And where's Paul Cannon got the money from? Because he's living with Bill rent free at this point. So I don't know. But the police used that as evidence that there was this conspiracy. They were supposed to find somebody to bump Bill off.
0: Well, they're saying I'll go halves on you. Halves I'll, with you.
1: I'll go halves with yeah. They're saying the twenty was the cost of having Bill killed. Oh, okay. And I'll go halves with you. And I'm just going to show you some pictures. This you don't often see this picture, but this is Bill. And I'm guessing oh, is that his house? No, I think I know. Is that where,
0: like a wedding venue?
1: I think I know where that is. And that is the one that you normally see in the press. What that actually is, and what people don't realise is that's a cropped picture. And the other half of that, that you don't often see, is Richard and um, his son in Uh. that one. But that is a picture of Bill, and that was taken very shortly before he went missing.
0: That is. He looks like a nice man. A little bit rosy cheeked because he's been out in the cold because he's a farmer, I guess. He just seems like, again, he was. Why was he killed? Uh, money
1: she, he wouldn't give her
0: the divorce that she
1: wanted I think it probably was to do with money and also as well these 28,000 text messages that they haven't released obviously all of them because a lot of them yes yeah,
0: were... and it's 28k why would you release this yeah
1: like... there must have been and it wasn't brought up in the, the actual trial but I'm I my belief is that there was something in there that they were they were almost egging each other on mm. and it became he became Paul Cannon became so enraged by the fact that Bill Was keeping this wonderful woman Angela from being with him, bearing in mind that she didn't particularly want to get rid of Bill because he was still, you know, still useful to her for many reasons.
0: It just seems a bit of a smooth brain take to kill someone because they won't divorce you when they're in their 70s, or or it it just seems like such a.
1: She was probably thinking, well, he's he's in his 70s. His parents may have well have lived till their 90s. He's probably hell fit and healthy. But
0: even then, you can sue to make someone divorce you.
1: Well, after two years, you can file for irreconcilable differences the yeah, other party exactly. doesn't like, I, don't know. I think there's been one case in the last 10-20 years or something in the UK where somebody didn't want to be divorced and they t- actually took it to court and unfortunately he did win he didn't want to divorce her because he was Roman Catholic I believe and she just wants to be free of him and for some reason the legalities of it I, I remember reading it at the time thinking poor bloody woman yeah. and he just won't let her go and she just wants to be free. It's not that she wants to go off and do anything. She just wants to be separate. Yeah. To, to, to be separate. It's incredibly rare that 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 you just you you don't get to divorce someone. So the reasons why they did it, I don't know, egging each other on. But and they they did it in a particularly.
0: What were the um, sentiments or reports of his? his children and how come um, michael was blamed for sitting in the and fire
1: i again that is hidden within the mists of this family dynamic that you don't get to hear about you can't mm. read about in the documentary uh, angela and bill's son michael was actually interviewed so he would have been 23 24 ish 23 probably and he it was really odd trying to get a read on him because in the beginning it sounded like he absolutely believed that his mother had been involved in it and yet towards the end of it came across that he thought she was innocent it was quite odd i don't know who gets the farm now i mean she got that farm free and clear
0: yeah, oh, the, she, had a well, two.
1: she had two to farms, didn't yeah. she?
0: Oh, that yeah, again, so it can't be really about money, because if she had a farm, then everything's just gone tits up. It seems like such a...
1: It's almost, again, like I say, if you're in that kind of relationship dynamic that she was with Paul Cannon, I think it's almost something that got completely out of control.
0: Yeah, it seems almost symbiotic, going to end badly. With that, uh, yeah, that it, they to egg each other on with stuff. Yeah, it's like self-destructive sort of thing.
1: Yeah, she was obviously enjoying herself with Paul Cannon, but I think she would have been quite happy to let the dynamics carry on. But there probably been wouldn't would have been another big blow up because Richard Bill's son said that Angela was still taking money out of the business account, mm. and he'd found that out. So I'm guessing there would have been another huge blow up, and yeah. and it obviously badly affected Bill because. You know, his second wife and his children from that marriage were all not living at, at the hall. His first son, he'd only just managed to uh, repair that relationship and he was lonely. He was absolutely lonely and I think he he did love... From all accounts, he loved Angela and he just did not want the divorce and Angela manipulated him.
0: If he was 70 and...
1: Well, there's the one from the first marriage and then ones from the second marriage. Angela was 20 years younger than Bill. Well, no, she was 27 years younger than Bill. So, you know, having a son of 18 when you're 70, so he would have been 50 when he was born. I mean, that's, you know, give or take, that, that's, that's a handful, that's hard work. But he he obviously never shied away from hard work. So that is a very sad case of...
0: Yeah, I mean, I know you can't draw anything from a picture, but that picture of him, he does look like a... I'm not going to say a sweet old man, he's didn't even look that old, to be honest, but he's got this rosy cheeks... Arms crossed with a bit of a grin on his face. It, it just seems quite sad.
1: You could see him in a blooming garden gnome's outfit, couldn't you? I'm guessing that was taken in his mid fifties, early sixties, no. maybe. That
0: wouldn't have been taken twenty years prior to his death, mother. Car- pictures, yeah, pictures not. wouldn't have been that. Yeah, they, they, they would No, they have been fucking black and white. Are could kidding me? The pictures I've seen of myself as a kid twenty years ago, they were not that good. I disagree with you <laughs> on that,
1: but you could you could see him with a gnome's hat on, a you know a Mearsham pipe in his, and sitting there with a.
0: He could look like a garden gnome. Happy... That sounds like an insult.
1: No, he looked. He looked like a happy chappy that would sit there, you know, yeah, quietly fishing.
0: But yeah, going to um, because I'm assuming you're down. Now you're pulling a funny face at me, but like, oh, shit, I don't want to talk about this. This isn't my job. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, yeah, it's just I don't know, just like backgroundy stuff. Like, how are you getting on writing the class stuff going? Because like, it's providing some people that are listening.
1: The start podcast is easy. It is if you're just doing a um chatting. Just a general, you're having a chit-chat. But getting into the research and actually trying to find the sources, that's one job. I discovered that I tend to write as if it's going to be read by someone. So that didn't work. It needs to be written to be able to be read I know that sounds completely backwards, but you you know what
0: I mean. Oh, yeah, there's very different between reading a sentence and reading it out loud.
1: Yeah, that makes it easier, and, and to be able to give the gaps for you to. And I'm I'm actually actively trying to make it flow to be able to give you, if you're listening to it, to give you a a what question moment.
0: Yeah, to, to jump in. Yeah. Yeah,
1: but it's um it's a huge learning curve.
0: Yeah, it's very awkward being the one to edit it because it's. Say the podcast is an hour long, it takes a lot longer than an hour to edit the podcast because you'd be re-listening to the same like 30-second segment to edit something and that could take 5-10 minutes and how many 30 seconds are there in 40 minutes There's a lot of it.
1: But it's, it's also real- realising that I get so nervous, I start off saying things like, so...
0: Yeah, or the amount of times I have removed a noise that you make. You're, you're like, at the start, I mean everyone does it, but at the start of a sentence you go... And I'm like, that has to get cut. <laughs> because, you, because
1: you're because you very aware that you're not just chatting to somebody, you're actually... It's
0: being recorded. And, and, and
1: you are relaying information and, and you want to get it
0: right. And it's hard when you kind of have to check yourself when you're talking because you're listening to someone talk, you have to take on board what they're saying and then you have to sort of collate a, a sentence in your head to respond with that. But
1: that's why you, I'm giving whilst, you cliff notes these days and I'm trying to get better at giving you the cliff notes.
0: Yeah, while being aware of what they're saying and respond and also entertain and but not be too offensive... How do you balance that? It's quite weird. And throughout this entire process, I'm not bored, but I'm yawning so much. And I've drank a coffee and I'm trying to drink water. And to, to not have the bottle crunch when you're drinking is really hard. And the dog breaking in and like an ex-nava drilling or like a stomach gurgling. You're like, it's just really weird.
1: And um, we're getting better with the the recording schedule and the editing schedule and, and getting it. So we, we're not fitting our lives round it, but fitting this round our lives more. Yes. that's that's some of the work because it's supposed to be fun it's supposed to be a hobby it's not yeah. supposed to be hard work and initially it was much harder work than i even envisaged it really was
0: we were thinking of making something like quite a condensed i don't say product but content for people to consume mm-hmm. so like, i'm going to use like twitch or a streaming service as an example rather than streaming for say 10 hours and your content is kind of like loose it could, you, you, not necessarily worse because that's the format of it but if you were to stream for say four hours and it'd be like tight packed full of content and it'd be really enjoyable so it's finding a balance of that for a podcast do you have this bit here but but not drag it on too much where people go fuck me this is boring i'm gonna to have to skip this or
1: there are a number of um podcasts that i've listened to that that literally do these true crime they do them in 10 minutes or 20 minutes
0: you can't get enough information at that time
1: you can get a real up, real high-level one, but that r- immediately has me... You want grabbing to
0: ask, like, questions, and maybe yeah. in listening to someone else discuss those questions that they had, they might answer your ones, or it, it's almost people listening to that think, oh, yeah, I was thinking about that, and then hearing someone else talk mm. about it, it can kind of be mm. therapeutic for it. But, yeah, you just don't want to kind of waffle on and not spit in flame on other podcasts, but I'm going to do it. My God, some of the... Automated ads that they have injected into a podcast, middle of a conversation, it's talking about like Betfair. Like, come on, this is this is this is ruining the flow. Does
1: Betfair even exist anymore? Yeah. Do they? I thought they had gone bust. What do I know? I, yeah, yeah.
0: But like. Yeah, I, but I'm I'm I. The, the goal of this is to keep and all of this ad free. Just make the content people to listen to. Just people listen to it. Not too scared to say stuff now because you, you don't want to shit on other podcasts. <laughs>
1: yeah, I, I I don't think it's fair. I know.
0: No, there's a difference between not saying it's fair versus saying it's bad that the first five minutes of your podcast is an automated ad and then five minutes in there's another 30 second automated oh, ad. Oh, there,
1: there was one that I I did actually like the person's content and how they used to do it, but all their cases were done over four or five weeks sometimes because they were only 30 minute episodes. And then it wasn't until we started doing this that I realised the first minute was a an ad and then literally you are five minutes in, there was another ad. She had, I say she, they had four adverts in a 30-minute podcast. So you're getting 20 minutes of content if you're getting that, which explained why they were able to string it out over four weeks. Yeah, it's... And I just like, okay, I I did want to find out because they did have some really interesting information. How much of it is putting a storytelling narrative into something that couldn't actually you couldn't possibly find out some of them I, I absolutely love and then I realize they're putting their twist on it you don't know someone but you that don't could know be
0: why people listen to it because you yeah. want to go I want to know why they or, or you want to know their take on it rather than what is the objective take
1: yeah but it's it's when I realize I mean I'm listening to a really good story because it is a story that's a true crime case they can't possibly know what the victim felt but some people do it really really good and some people do it really bad and i know i'd do it really really bad so i wanted to be more about clarity to some of these smaller little details yeah if i can find them that made me go what the hell it was like you know finding that stuff about helen bailey's case again as we said in that that first one that was up the road from us You follow it on the news, you listen to it, you read some of it sporadically. But until you dig into it, you didn't find, the the smaller details didn't find out about them. So that was the, and I'm going to shut up now. (laughs) Because I need to go and feed the dog. Because he's been very good, he's just been hanging out. He hasn't broken in this week. We've got ourselves a method going. I bribe him with a big dog dental chew and he leaves us alone while we record.
0: Being held hostage by the dog. Yeah. But yeah.
1: But um, he, he can open the door so I'm gonna go and feed him his dinner or else he'll be howling
0: so hopefully you've enjoyed today's podcast please like follow and subscribe as it helps us out a lot it's free and you can always change your mind in the future please give us a follow on the grant at murder me on Monday podcast and email us and by us I mean mother at murder me on Monday podcast at gmail.com much love but the
1: the 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 th- th-
0: it's cold as fuck.
1: Bye, guys. Paul Callan, Bell, Crit Spicy.